0: Hello and welcome to Thursday's edition of the Terrace Scottish Football Podcast. I am your host, stranger Enough for a Thursday. It's Tony Anderson. But to help guide me through the lower leagues, I have been joined by our brand new young exotic striker. It is Amy Canavan. How are we, Amy? I don't think being...
2: Described as exotic, coming from Dalkeve has ever been heard before. Sean's face is pretty oh. much the exact. I know this is audio, but we're both like exotic. So I'm like, <laughs> young, I'm exotic. young, I'll take. Young is a compliment. Exotic. I'm looking at my surroundings right now and I'm thinking there is absolutely sweet FA exotic about this place.
0: Uh, but your, your surname, as we spoke about on the Monday show. It gives it an exotic feel. I thought it's a, uh, it gives me, it's a can kind of Aggie, which is like South American striker vibes. That's kind of where I oh, am with Canavan.
2: Celtic and South American, let's just stay away from that right
0: now. Oof. <laughs> <laughs> Oof. Luckily, we're doing this remotely, so you didn't have to drive today. So <laughs> I'm thank
2: drinking God. a 7-Up.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and also joining us is a stalwart of the game. That's someone who makes everyone still say you'll be good at that level. But there'll be an argument against that. It's Sean McGuigan. How are we doing, Sean?
1: I'm, I'm very well. I, I take it I'm not exotic in the slightest.
0: <laughs> um, well, in my opinion, you are. You certainly wear exotic <laughs> shirts uh, whenever whenever I see you on on the telly.
1: I, that's true. That's true. But listen, I'll take that. I'll take that. Exotic shirts. That's fine.
0: Uh, yeah, yeah, they, they are. Yeah, they I bought a pile, Sean. I bought a pile. I'm, I'm going on holiday in a couple of weeks. I was posting them all over the group chat. Uh, and a lot of them, I felt uh, I was... So your spirit with, with every final.
1: Uh, every single one of them, I would have worn on. I would have worn on a Friday night on the show. They're absolutely class. <laughs> and, well, <laughs> well, both terrible and class. If that <laughs> makes sense. <laughs> absolutely, <They're> summer <laughs> shirts. They're baggy. There's some air. Uh, I'm
0: going to be a OK on my holidays. But enough of my nonsense. Really, Um let's start talking about lower league Scottish football. So I feel a bit out of my depth as I do, but I've done some reading. Uh, but will come to me last. So hopefully, basically, use will fill in loads of the time and I'll go Right, I can only talk about this for two minutes. Um, so let's go to Amy first. I mean, anybody who listens to the show knows that we will cover sort of three teams or or three matches uh, from, from last weekend. And since we've got Amy, it would only be correct that we're going to Bonnie Rig to talk about the Rosie Posey. How's it going, Amy? Seems very well.
2: Just so biased. I know I just need to, like out like outpour my propaganda at all opportunities. Um it is, it's going really well. Um I think it's it's one of those like stop it. I like it. It's like, whoa, um because everyone starts to starts to jump on the bandwagon a little bit. Um and I said this like in listening to the marathon of, of Telford and, and Sean's I'm
1: still podcast. trying to get through that. I'm <laughs> just going to say sorry, sorry,
2: sorry. I did get through I thought it was exceptional. Um thank you. You're welcome. Um in the in the Rigg but I think a lot of it was spot on um, because and, and I kind of said that when I was speaking to Fowler that it's ridiculous you know the amount of people that think that Bolle are, are kind of odds on favourites for, for this league that's just ridiculous uh, and I don't think you can kind of be blindsided almost by just the way that this this campaign's really started as well fantastic results and you know absolutely you take it um, and I, I don't think I expected it to quite go so well especially when you looked at perhaps who who the rows were, were, were kind of facing. Um, so, at a point away to Strand and uh was, was what took place basically at, at the weekend, and by all accounts, it was um, uh, very much a point gained rather than than two points
0: dropped. It looked the Rose just were well off it. Just purely looking at it, it looked like it was an absolute romper stomper
1: of a game. Yeah,
2: exactly. Yeah. Um, so, I Going off my bias, it was a uh, one of those that you just rather kind of forget about. Get back on the road home and then, um, yeah, quickly dart back along the M8. Um, Stranraer started really, really quick, really well. Um, had a chance within the minute and probably really sh- should have taken it. It's- you know it's a decent strike from um Paul Woods and and Mark Reary pulls off maybe a save that you would expect but it's just something that's probably not really known with with Bollerig and and it's it's these kind of um frailties maybe I don't really that's maybe a bit harsh but they're going to be exposed at this level that perhaps you wouldn't have been exposed it before um and saying that you know you've got a, a um as a doing my, my left and my right. A right wing back in Scott Gray who who isn't a designated right wing back and he's kind of just caught a little bit too easily um, and Paul Woods managed to get his strike away. So it's a Rose side that the weekend there that were really rather depleted. You even looked at the bench, I think there was maybe only five substitutions, uh, five subs on the bench sorry. Um, if that youngsters, you know, it, it was not a full squad, never mind a full, fully fit team um, and a few injuries uh, turned up during the game as well. So Yes, yeah, Schraner certainly started the brighter, but I don't know. Maybe it's a slight bias, but I think ball should have maybe been awarded a penalty. Um, and Kieran McGaughy, has got his back to goal um, on the edge of the box, takes a first touch. And yeah, like you say, back to goal, but the touch is still within the box. And uh, the, the defender kind of really just clatters into him. I think it's quite clumsy. And um, there's not huge appeals because Rose maintaining possession, so... Kieran has to get back up, kind of, and get back into position. But I think Bonnerick, um the the camera angle that they've kind of got, and that's one that the SPFL ran with, um, I think there's a, there's a great angle on the second camera when it's zoomed in, just behind the goal. And, you know, I, I think anywhere else in the park, it's a foul, so I'd be inclined. But I think there's a few already, even this so early on in SPFL life, that the penalty rose meme will... Um, Quickly transcend into SPFL life as it has in, in the Lowland League. But despite that, then Stranger, Oh, is that, is
0: that a thing? Is that a thing? Oh, so?
2: absolutely. Penalty oh, right, Rangers, okay. penalty Bros. Oh, it's such a thing. Oh, like, really? Oh, I, I, I didn't know that. Oh, absolutely. 100%. Honestly, I swear to God. Like, <laughs> I think they're all justified. <laughs> you may be honest. Um, 90% justified? Oh, there was... Oh, aye. Like, honestly, penalty rules is such a thing. Like, the amount of ones that we get sent as the Rangers thing, like mm-hmm. the Rangers graphic, uh, and just have been on that instead. Um, oh, absolutely. So, uh, well... It will carry I always thought that, that obviously
0: I thought Body Rig had moved up the leagues organically. I didn't know that he's had sort of the referees no, on your on your side. You,
2: yeah, I didn't I didn't know that. You, it is, I remain with the organic approach. <laughs> Fantastic club and all of that stuff. Never bought their way into anything. But yeah, SFA uh, are are friends. No, um the, well doesn't it really matter. Um I strandmarted the lead and it was it was really well deserved, decent goal. Um, and Tom Brady it was right after like the the water break which I think everyone had at the weekend Mm -hmm. um, and almost gave it the worst uh,
1: time even Raith Rovers had a water break on Saturday and it was freezing (laughs) it it wasn't even even remotely warm in Kirkcaldy on Saturday but we had a water break I I couldn't understand it
2: oh there were shirts off at Stair Park and they were sights to be seen I I saw
1: those shirts off amongst the body rig fans and I really wish those shirts had remained on
2: I was like much like like Joel scared in Switzerland
1: (laughs) Believe me, believe me, none of them. None of them were as chiselled as Joe head, I can assure you.
2: I concur.
0: Um,
2: (laughs) (laughs) Anton Brady, whipped ball in, and Craig Malcolm uh, scored first goal against Bonnerig. first goal Bonnerig conceded in in SPFL life. So that's him on his third spell with the club, and that's his first goal uh, in this third spell. He was fantastic at the weekend, really using all his experience um, and yeah it was it was mighty impressed and I think a few lessons for the, the youngsters certainly at I learned how to you know look after yourself kind of um obviously took the the captain's armband afterwards after the um the red card which will come along to as well um, but I, I just I really was impressed by him and that's him he, he's I think he's quite comfortably the second highest top goal scorer for for Schranraer, but edging closer to uh, to Jim Campbell and then yeah, Bonner eventually get back on, on level terms. the weren't actually strong, I went ahead for too long. And Kevin Smith, which is probably the one sign in which I was a bit like, oh, one sign, and not that Bonner have made that many signings um, as, as it's been well documented, keeping the nucleus of the team really, really together. But Kevin Smith just, yeah, really using all of the experience. Um, and it's it's a great position that he gets himself into kind of using the um Kind of playing a part in the build-up, really laying off to Ross Gray out to Josh Greger, who uh, Telfer was a little bit mean about. Uh, that's the one thing I wasn't happy about in the four-hour. Thank you,
0: Telfer.
2: Pretty, mean, mm. <laughs> pretty shit. at but uh, he was he was uh, he's been decent since he came in. To be fair, um, but he picked, see the signings. In.
1: See, see the yeah. signings, Amy. Like, I know I know Bodierig haven't made too many signings, and I suppose that was the one thing that maybe concerned me a wee bit. Because I thought their squad, like I didn't know too much about their squad. And I, I watched them against I saw them in the two games against Cowdenbeath in the playoff. And like they were comfortably better than Cowdenbeath. But but that's not a high bar. No. And I, I thought Bonnie looked like a a competent League Two team across those two games rather than necessarily like a really good League Two team. Yeah. And when I saw the sign-ins, like Kevin Smith was the one that kind of stuck out and I thought, right, he's He's still, you know what dec- you're getting. he's still a decent player, even even at that age. He's still a player and will probably add to the squad the other players I didn't know too much about and I wasn't entirely sure if they would actually make Bonnie Rigg better or if they were just kind of squad players. So so are those have those summer sign-ins made a difference to the to the kind of starting eleven or the squad in general?
2: I think when you look at the starting elevens over the last few weeks, we would say no. Um since life in the, in the SPFL, obviously outside Kevin Smith um Josh Grieger was really impressive during the the league cup campaign um but there was obviously there was that was almost an issue with Bonenig that because of the way that we operate and obviously you don't know until the last second really up and if you're going to be an SPFL club sort of thing. So holidays were booked, all that sort of stuff. So there was a lot of players like in and out during the League Cup still. Um, so he did play a, a hefty part in that campaign when you're starting back three centre-halves weren't necessarily available. So despite him probably being the best player during the League Cup, the minute it came to a game against four for the first game, He's nowhere to be seen, obviously. He's he's on the bench. So I get what you mean like squad player and I understand that's probably where Telford's coming from as well then. But what I've seen of him he's been extremely impressive. Um and to come in, like I say, he's obviously he's picked up an injury at the weekend, which which is pretty disappointing. But I think he just offers something different. Bonneriggs Mainstay centre half, best centre half, Alan Horn probably, and, and rightly so, was labelled for so long that you know, one of the, one of those like oh, best players to not play in the SPFL sort of thing. Um, although he got absolutely that's probably oh, it's mad because I was like, no Al Horn slander ever, like, it's just not allowed Trinette Pelle and all of that. But, um, it was <laughs> I swear to Trinette Pelle, um, it just wasn't to be at the weekend, like. He, um he had rings pretty much run around them um, by uh, Matty Grant. It just I was slightly out of position was more left side centre back, which he's better right through the middle. So um you're looking at that and Josh was more comfortable just still kind of floating around anywhere over the back three. And obviously he's like literally almost 20 years younger than than Al as well. Um, so I do think there may be still squad players right now. You're looking Connor Dones came in from, from Sterling. He's got a real ping on him really impressive. But is he breaking that three in the midfield the Bonner again? And so far not really um, there's only three in the bottom of the ring midfield and two are a nail on it and the captain Johnny Stewart and Lee Curry, and Callum Connolly suspended right now after a ridiculous red card it is not a red card um, two yellows last week um, but I thought so, you had the
1: referees in your pocket
2: well so you said in, in with the big boys it's now so you said <laughs> uh, but I. so that, that's a, that's a tough one so going back to your original question no I don't think that they have really probably um prove the start in 11 and certainly more a squad player, which was certainly needed because the squad size was so small in the lowland league um and obviously it needed to be bigger even if if rules remained in the lowland league last season
0: okay round two name something that's not boring
2: a laundry oh a book club
1: computer solitaire huh
0: ah oh, sorry we were looking for chumba casino That's right. Chumbacasino.com
1: has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. chumbacasinocom No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
0: Lovely stuff. Thanks very much, Amy. Enlightening. Uh, Let's go to... uh... To Inverness,
1: Sean. Oh no, no, yeah. no, no, no! Wait a minute, no, no I, 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 have other things that I want to ask oh, oh, about please. So, please. So I was like going to say I've only got ah, it to one one as ah, well. We're only You know, so what want to...
2: Questions.
1: You, who does the Who does the commentary for Bonnie Rose TV? I was going to say
2: this has to. Be, I have to make note of this, so because I'm going to get in big trouble if I don't bring this up. So thank you for. I, uh, being I have
1: never heard t- Tony. I, I don't know if you watch the highlights of Bonnie Rose TV, but imagine. If you imagine if the lottery results were still on the telly, which obviously they aren't anymore, but imagine if you are imagine if you had, you were huddled around your television, you and Mandy, right? Mm-hmm. And you'd, you'd bought a ticket and the the numbers come out, it's like four, and you're like, oh, I've got that. 51, oh, I've got that. And, and so on and so forth. And you end up getting five numbers and the bonus ball, right? Multiply how excited you would be by 10. And that's how excited the Bonniere Gros commentator was about an equaliser against Stranra. Sounds like he's in the right business then. I love that. Oh. I
0: mean, what more can... No, it's fine. What that's more all more can you ask line. for? That's just really, can really, just really say, like, like, People like, enjoy watching football, especially. The fact that you've just I'm said that no, you love him,
2: I'm Tony, no, I know no, that's more. going to make him so happy. Right. At no, one, no, I know no, that. Good. It was good. It is. It's so sweet. So, very quickly, Stranra, yeah, they went to one up. It's... Um, if it's uh, who scored that one, it was Luke Watt uh, cross ball in, and it was Josh Walker. But at back post, it's a great the assist is everything. Actually, the goal's pretty like it's literally just direct it in. Luke Watt is incredible here. Incredible hair. hair. Yeah, and incre- he was incredible at the weekend as well. Like his builds immense.
1: Mm. Um, was was a wrestler.
2: Yeah, and with the hair, as you yeah. said, with the hair coming down the shoulder mm-hmm. and like kind of like a half bun up as mm-hmm. well, like half and half. Um, Tell for all like him just- then.
1: Yeah, I can imagine him being like, imagine I'm coming in at like 19 in the Royal Rumble.
2: <laughs> I can see it. Um, so went to 1 up and then Strandar went down to 10. It's a horror challenge, if you're not saying <laughs> that. It's a proper <laughs> horror <laughs> challenge.
1: I, it's, it's, it's terrible. Week three. It's the worst tackle. It, it's the worst tackle. Well, the worst and maybe funniest tackle you'll see. It's a uh, this is terrible. Absolutely dreadful. Uh, the fact that not a single no, it's like sometimes you'll see a bad tackle and then there'll be a wee bit of rame, and maybe the teammates of the person who commits the challenge will come in. Like maybe help him or, or protect him or or or, or tell Stand the referee or something like that. Bad. Yeah, L- literally the player players just kind of turn away, and I was like, oh dear. Oh <laughs> dear, that,
2: that's a red... <laughs> Ross, absolute howler. Uh, so he got sent off, and but still Stranraer were still the better side. Rose never really created anything up until like ninety plus seven, eight, nine. Still, no, got no idea what it actually was. Uh, Kerry Young's in the box, and stupidly, like stupidly, gets hacked almost. Um, and rightfully goes down like a sack of tatties, really. Uh, and Lee Curry takes a penalty and, and, and does eventually score, which um, he, I labelled him when I was at Rose, I labelled him dead ball specialist. Um, so that's kind of been adopted And then all of a sudden, it was just like, say, like he never, I don't think he missed a penalty and like, First twenty that like when we were at the club or something like that, and then he just went on this terrible run. Ended up actually getting taken off for Neil Martin. He was subbed off at the weekend, so he couldn't even take them. He also missed one against um, Livingston B in the SPFL Trust last week, as everyone kind of did. So Curry was back over them and, and took it, and obviously scored and caused the reaction of my esteemed colleague, former colleague, best pal, um, Sean McGill. To as Sean says pretty much celebrate if Sean ever wins the lottery I will know how he will sound uh, I will know how anything in Sean's life that goes well I will know how he will sound it is the most beautiful hilarious uh, proud equally embarrassing tone I've ever heard come out of his mouth um,
0: <laughs> sure, Sean was Sean was DMing me about the
2: noise <laughs> It's, it is remarkable. So I have been uh, issued to tell that is because they were receiving severe stick from being within the Stranraer fans uh, throughout the game. And it was almost, these are my words now, not his, I uh, kind of get it up here. So, oh, that's uh, fucking cool. Yeah, I think that's quite clever, so, actually. Because I would get very nervous, but he's just went full out. Use because our friend, our other the other one, Cam, uh, who was doing the, the tweets that day instead. So the tweets are equally as bad. He got a middle finger right in the face. So that was kind of so, so, retaliation. So I, I also
1: I also watched the Strenra highlights. Uh funnily enough, they introduced a co-commentator right at the start. They're, I think they're I think their their highlights lasted a wee bit longer. Uh, they introduced a new co-commentator uh who, who sounded sounded really posh, might be one of the poshest commentators I've heard on, on Scotiable. Mm. But then for, for the entire duration of the highlights, you actually never heard them. But regardless, anyway, when the penalty... co-commentator cool the... for
0: highlights? <laughs> <laughs> I, I,
1: I, who then just never spoke.
0: Uh, <laughs> like, I don't know how but like, normally uh, they bring analysis. So I don't know, like you'd get an analysis during your highlights. I mean... He, he,
1: he just brought shyness. Uh, <laughs> but the, he said, the, the main commentator, the main our commentator, said that when Bonniereg equalised, a member of the Bonniereg board was, uh, I can't remember exactly what he said he was doing, but essentially he was suggesting he was acting inappropriately in the aftermath of the equaliser.
2: Oh, I hadn't listened to that. Um, I hadn't heard. I have a few... And that,
1: that's
0: um, pretty disguised that's, language. I need to yes, know specifics about that. Because acting inappropriately can mean a
1: hell of a lot of things.
2: I wish I knew. Um, because well, it's,
1: it's, it's all there online. It's I, all there online for you to review.
2: I will review and I will come back to you. I have a funny feeling that, one, I know who it may be and two, what it would be. <laughs> um, would I say inappropriate? It wouldn't be my level of inappropriate. It wouldn't be anything that you'd be like, oh, that's shocking. I would just say it's more one of those. Um, but
1: And there was a pitch invasion.
2: There was a pitch invasion There was a
1: pitch invasion I don't
2: mind that It was two by one person on 2, no, two, two. two. I've two, I've two. One.
1: very very happy Bonner league fans <laughs>
0: <I was laughs> Becoming
2: you, a big I've seen that on the Sam North one actually Sam North <laughs> YouTube That's what I saw And I was like That is the weakest Pitch invasion ever <laughs> I was on one body run
1: It was rubbish um, but, I, but again And I also just, don't even
2: know Who that guy is So I'm like very happy. Are you a glory hunter? Um
0: yeah, glorious, so, we were talking off air about how good it was before eh, about fans coming on board now. But obviously there's going to be that, that bit between both where it's Aww. people that have been there for the whole journey and people that are just coming down now where well, the going's good. If Chenois 2-2 is what we refer to as the going's good.
2: Exactly. It was a, there was a lot of emotion. Clearly, um, I am very, very proud of all my Bonnerick supporters, um, pitch invaders or not. Um, and and I yeah, love it, it's, it's a great. You, I, I do. I just don't care I, what anyone says. I do, especially when you looked at like the way that they were standing, obviously, and where they were standing. Um, but no, it seemed to have been a, a great day had by all, and very much as I say, a, a point a point gained or stolen, nipped, whatever you want to say, rather than two points dropped. And at the end of the day, Bonner girls are still undefeated in SPFL life.
1: Have uh, have, have either of you ever invaded a puck?
0: Right. Uh, <laughs>
2: <laughs> when, yeah,
0: you go well, I think. <laughs> uh, when um, I've never like invaded a goal, which is a cool time to do it. Uh-huh. I've done it after, uh, you know, when Rangers won the league at Easter Road. Uh, right. Feels like,
1: feels like an odd time to run. I'm on just the bar. But,
0: but, I going to say before expecting. it. Uh, obviously, we Hibs qualified for Europe and finished third in in that, at that season. So uh, they done they done they done a lap of honour before Rangers were allowed to get the trophy, which is quite funny because obviously they're all like fever pitch, desperate. Uh but then we, people just started just strolling on the pitch And walk around, and that's my favourite. So I'm just walking around with my hands Is that in an p- invasion? That's <laughs> not that just a, a jolly. It's a pitch jolly, and I'm just <laughs> walking around with my mate, just with my hands in my pockets, strolling around, just saying, oh, this is quite cool. This is what you see here. And then eventually a police horse was about there for my face, and he was telling me to to get off. And what a fright you get when those big horses come uh come over. I was I don't, I was, don't uh, think I have. I I've
1: done it after. After Rafe beat Airdrie in the semi-finals of the League Cup to qualify for the League Cup final against Celtic, uh, we beat on penalties. I ran on the park. That the, seems well the, worth it. <laughs> the well the worth thing it. Is, like it was the, like, like I was about the last person because I, like, I'm, I'm like so such a scared, timid person. I, I think I was about the last person to run on the park, and I'd got like about thirty yards on the park, and then I, I kind of inexplicably, I gave it the, the I kind can of get it right up here to the Airdrie fans. Yeah. Got about as far as a halfway line and then I started feeling quite nervous. So then I just sprinted back off.
0: <laughs> I think this, this, this all tells you that, Amy, if you didn't know this about me, I lived in, uh, in Melbourne when when Hibs won the Scottish Cup. So, uh, that's why that didn't happen because I definitely would have, definitely would have been on the pitch then. I went when, uh, when Hibs won the first division uh, years back, everyone just sort of done the same. I only go on the pitch when it just, Seems to be like just everyone's doing it. And you're allowed to just stroll on, and I jumped on Frank Sarsi's back, which is uh, oh, that's
1: cool. Something that's something, a I, something I'm proud of because I was young enough and not quite massive, so he was I, uh, so he was okay. I, th- I think I, I think I patted Sean Dennis on the back during my uh, during my sprint onto the park, and that was. It.
0: Good man. I think I'll just shaking players' hands. Like, thank you very much. Him. Thank you. <laughs> thank you so much for all ah, your, your no service. <laughs> bye <Bye-bye>. bye. <laughs> yeah. Goodbye. Before I get lifted, <laughs> my mate, uh, my mate done it uh, when Benji scored against Harps uh, in, in a game. Uh, he drilled it in the corner, and then I think he got banned for a year. <laughs> but he only no, it just, what, he just. He just, he just. It was like a, it was all a bit mistakes. He was in the front row. He did in the wrong place, and it just spilled on to the bit, and then he got grabbed right away because there's someone there. So, and that was, and that was him. Still nothing, Amy, anyway, still, no, still no No, I can't think, you anything. You've I think I of anything. I've got plenty years. You've got plenty years. Even though you've got a bit of a profile now and you work, 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 work. I have just to say, say like difficult. I've done it,
2: I've done it with Rose, obviously. Um, but that's more you just think content, that's all you're thinking. Uh, um so but as a fan, No, one don't really get a Celtic Park. Uh and I can't think of even being I've certainly not done it in a way day. Um, so it wasn't, that, I, uh,
0: D- it wasn't you that It wasn't you that
2: It certainly was I'm like, I am like Sean in that respect I'd be like I'm too nervous for that yeah. uh, And I'm like I'm also going to be like The one girl in amongst all these 35 year old men Plus I'm like I'm going to be noticeable Everyone's going to know <laughs> Which <laughs> one is me So Maybe I Maybe with a balaclava
0: on, I, on exactly. <laughs> Wearing baggy clothes oh, I could just
2: think of, Like my mum shouting at me So i probably refrained hmm. Right
0: Thanks for that, Amy. That was really comprehensive and again really eats into the time that I'm going to be needing You're to, so do
2: it. <laughs> to do You're so very welcome. You're so welcome. Anything I, else you want to ask? I, <laughs> I
0: barely
1: need to talk about Inverness, which yeah. is
0: class. But let's go, let's go up the the Highlands where um Inverness posted a 4-1 victory against Cove
1: Rangers. And what what angle are you taking this from, Sean? Are you taking it from both or ah, uh, yeah, take it from both. I, I think I think there's an interesting thing about Inverness in that. And I, I think I'm probably guilty of this every single summer as well in terms of maybe underestimating how good Inverness are going to be. Like every single season, Inverness finish in the top four. It's very rare that they don't. But every single season, we don't necessarily say they're going to be in the, in the, the kind of title equation. And I'm not saying they, they necessarily will be. However, I, I think based on this, I, I have kind of triumphed Partick Thistle uh kind of recently. However, I'm now starting to wonder if if Inverness might be done these biggest challenges this term. And and certainly again in terms of teams that are going to struggle this season. I know the Cove second half were pretty comprehensive against Wraith Rovers. First half the struggle and, and Rovers created a load of a couple of good chances and a load of half chances that that a better striker than Jamie Gillen would have would have taken. But again, you, you saw loads of examples on Saturday that suggested that I, th- I think Cove are gonna really, really struggle this season.
0: Right. So what 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 is it that Cove are lacking? I think because a lot of people thought that, that there's money there involved for them to, to invest See, a bit. Totally maybe, different
2: squad though, isn't it? And, and, like, co- and cope with totally sort of like club. the
0: yeah, and cope with sort of the, the step up. So I am I'm getting I'm doing this, I'm doing this from the novice point of view, which some people will be. You hit Cove Rangers. Money, they go up a bit, then they'll just sort of invest and do it again. So, what has that been poorly invested, or is there too many players, or, or what's the what's the steal?
1: I I think the I, I think Cove Rangers being moneyed is a, a, a I think that's a theory that's a wee bit overplayed, right? Okay, I think Cove have that much money, but like, I, I think they are willing to push the boat out when it comes to the right player. So, like, Which is, that's, f- like,
0: that's surely a good thing, that, like they're having a little bit of ambition when the players. When the players right and you can get them on.
1: Oh. Not, not totally. And and like Mitch Meganson, for example, a very good striker who I think will do very well at this level. He had two very good finishes uh, against Wraith or Norton there. And I, I think he will do well, albeit he's been at this level previously, uh the second tier, funnily enough, with Wraith Rovers, didn't do that well? But Ray McKinnon would generally kind of bring him on as a sub and kind of play him out wide rather than be the, the focal point of the of the strike force. So I think Mitch Meginson is a is a good forward. Fraser 5-8 in the middle of the park, again, they've, they've pushed the boat out a wee bit. Did do you know something to see other than that? Okay, Shea Logan is playing right back, so you're presuming even for a part-time wage, they're, they're, they're paying a wee bit more than that. But bear in mind, they've got guys like Leighton McIntosh playing for them, or Robbie Leach, or Jamie Marson, or Kyle Gourley in goals. was so a good goalie, incidentally, but... These are these are kind of decent part-time players, good part-time players actually. That's I'm being harsh there, but I, again, it doesn't feel like their wage bill is is particularly high for a championship club. And when you look at the fact that uh, when you look at the fact that they've lost guys like Harry Mill, who was the best player in League One last season, but a Mile, and Harry Mill will be a brilliant left back for Partick Thistle this season. You look at the fact that they've lost Rory McAllister, a, a, a weird thing where. Rody McAllister booked holidays during the season, but <laughs> I, 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 like I read that actually he was only going to miss two training sessions rather than a game. I, I don't know how true that is, but regardless, something has went on behind the scenes with manager Jim McIntyre and uh, Rody McAllister. I think Cove's loss will be uh, will be Montrose's gain. But Cove Rangers are very much weaker this season uh, than they were last season. And bear in mind, I, I think there's a, a, a fag paper between four or five teams in the championship that, that may finish in the bottom half. And I, I do think Cove Rangers will, will, will struggle. And, and certainly based on defensively, I guess De they they really, really struggled. It was 4-1. I, I, it could have been more than that. It could have easily have been kind of five or six. And I know they had a, an easier game against Morton the week before. Could have got a point, ended up losing 1-0 were decent in the second half against Rafe, but I, I thought they would struggle in the summer unless they could bring in players late on in the window. I, I've seen nothing so far to suggest that they, that they won't struggle. And I, and I, and I do think this, this theory about them having money, I, I, I don't know if they, they quite have as much as people suspect they do.
0: So coming from, coming from Inverness's angle, like who were who the star performers, Sean? Who, who, who's got you excited at the start of the season? So I, th-
1: I think because it was I, it was another first it was their first victory wasn't it? It was the first one. So the yeah. drew with drew Park, drew with our growth. Could have won both of those games, obviously didn't. But this was the one where they really uh, kind of came into their own, I suppose. And I, I, I think we, we we spoke about this in the in the preview show. I think they have an abundance of options up front. And I think if they if defensively if they can keep the, the kind of if they can keep the door shut at the back. I think they will have a good season because where players like uh Daniel Mackay kind of so Daniel Mackay played wide left. Uh how I mean, was he out of interest coming from come a Hibs fan? He was he was excellent, albeit it was up against Shea Logan, who is as starting Shouldn't should, should start, have stopped playing football. football. He, he's standing on Shea Logan is starting to look his age, and I don't know I, I don't know why he does it. And don't get me wrong, I, I don't have an issue with it. But he every single game now he tucks the bottom of his shots up. So so he tucks his shorts what? up so, so they're really so it looks like it almost looks like he's wearing a pair of pants mm. rather than a pair of shorts. Uh Ma- Ma- Martin Boyle started doing that. I
0: noticed when now that he's he's back, I noticed that um I don't know, did they
1: just want to show that off their thighs? or uh, what's the... M- maybe, but it really seems to it really seems to rattle your does. Of so, course it does.
0: I mean it's someone showing a part of their body.
1: Uh, so I'd I'd never been called <laughs> when I'd, i I kind of took a a sabbatical from uh from reef Rovers for the but How did you habit. feel
0: about it though, Sean? How did you feel about it? Well, don't pass go. it off to the dads. <laughs> don't think you use them as like okay, a catch okay, all no What did you so
1: feel I, about it? I went to Cove versus Aloha last season and I was uh, surrounded by Aloha fans and I looked at Shea Logan tucking his shots <laughs> up and I thought it was funny, but I actually started and I was like, Well, why are you doing that? But I mean it's <laughs> fine, but I actually I really wanted to start defending him because there was about five AWA fans surrounding me that seemed really, really upset by it and were just giving them dog's abuse. Because of that, I supported his decision to pull his, the bottom of his shorts up like they were a small pair of pants.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's that's exactly what I do. I always just want, if, if someone starts getting almost bullied, you just start going on their behalf, even though in the back of your mind you're going, <laughs> maybe the bullies are right this time, but... But I can't, I can't have it. Join the I bullies. <laughs> I join the bullies. <laughs> yeah, join the bullies actually. <laughs> uh, but, but I saw Boyle doing it and uh, he's, he's tucking him right up and it makes you look like, he's like, it makes them look like they're on holiday. Uh, like, Hi, a wee bit. It gives them like a, a, a sort of holiday, holiday vibe. And, um, and I, yeah, I just like try to work out if it's, if there's a benefit to it, you know, like when they wear tiny shin pads. I'm always like, right. What's oh, the it's point? I think like, lighter on
2: their feet.
0: Yeah, know? yeah. So I, I get that, and I can accept that. And types of boots, and um, as things change, and obviously when I was younger, it was like I was wearing Adidas Mundials and shin pads that were absolutely huge because the huge ones like were the cheapest, and they come up to nearly your thighs. Shin <laughs> pads. You're walking out in a really, really clumpy. And you actually can't run properly. So fair enough.
1: Are you sure you didn't buy, Are you sure you didn't buy, like cricket? cricket <laughs> you definitely buy the right uh, yeah, I was, uh,
0: I was, I was, I was basically the gatekeeper. So that tells you right away that I shouldn't oh, be talking goodness. about cricket. I know more about Scottish lower league football than I do cricket. So <laughs> you go, but uh, yeah, I suppose. But with Boyle, I just thought it looked sexy, and I was because I, I was just really happy he was he was home.
1: I, I, I do think the problem with Shane Logan is now that him, him pulling up his shorts is about all he has left because he, he had a tour time. uh time. Dan Mackay, Dan Mackay kind of had him on toast for the vast majority ah, of the It's like
0: putting your collar up and stuff. If you're going to do these things I, to make you yes. stand out, then you better fucking be able
1: to back you up. You better ah, perform. You better perform. And I do think that the Inverness certainly good forward if, if Dan Mackay, if Aaron Dorn, if you're putting in good balls for Billy Mackay and Austin Samuels and Shane Sutherland when he comes back, he 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 got a a pretty nasty injury towards the end of the last season. Uh, But I I do think going forward, they have as much as anyone in this league. And I include Dundee. uh, I I do think maybe further back, they're they're a wee bit weaker than than Dundee and Partick Thistle. But certainly going forward, I I, I think they've got enough to to trouble anyone. And again, judging by this, I mean, Kyle Gurley had a good game in the Cove goal, even though he, he conceded four. But they had had far too much for Coven. I I expect them to be in the the, the promotion equation. I, I I mean top three. I still think top three: Partick, Inverness, Dundee. Dundee have finished top, and then that fourth place is is open for anyone. But I I was impressed by Inverness at the weekend. The, the, the only thing that was that was interesting, and, and you're saying about uh about trying to get a tan uh on, on legs. I I don't know if you watched the highlights of Inverness versus, uh, Covid. Bearing in mind, not Kirkcaldy, admittedly, but bearing in mind that most areas of Scotland were basking in uh, heat waves, I I don't know what was rolling across Inverness's pitch. I don't know if it was har. I don't know if it was fog. <laughs> I don't know if there was a massive industrial fire across the road from the stadium. But there was just there was just wafts of I don't know smoke fog for the for the entire 90 minutes. So so fair play, but regardless, uh, regardless of their, their foggy nature, I think their game against Patrick on Friday will be a massive game, and it'll be interesting. I I know it's early doors, but I think it's a, a big a big clash to see who will be who could potentially finish second in the in in the championship.
0: Lovely stuff, Sean. Thanks very much. Well, I will be bringing us. I'm going to be talking about Dunfermline in a second, but I don't think I mentioned that we'll be doing another of our Scotland games after this. So you'll be thinking, wow, this podcast will be coming to an end. We'll have done the three games. But no, we'll be doing Scotland game and it's going to be uh, probably one of the most famous results in Scotland's history. Uh, But now that I've been buying time while I get some of my notes up, Um, we've got (laughs) (laughs) I was... Your notes. Your (laughs) uh, notes. (laughs) uh, Well, Yeah, exactly. Not my notes. They are from uh, a man of this parish, uh, Craig Cairns. So I've been using uh, the courier, which is uh, it's some resource. I've never really used it before. Uh, so I was looking over it there, looking at the lower league stuff that obviously Craig's been doing, and uh, Scott Lorimer, he's been doing it during the the Angus clubs, and they uh, saved my bacon because basically I can just sort of just
1: read it did, off there. But did, so- did you know, someone, I would, I, I I don't know if. if- if anybody who listens if they support a dundee club or an angus club or a fife club uh if they don't uh if they don't subscribe to the courier i would i would thoroughly recommend it I did, absolutely I, I i did last year their, their their coverage of the teams in in fife tayside and angus is is absolutely brilliant i, I don't know what i pay like six pound or seven pound or whatever but it's like it, it definitely warrants it like like it's brilliant really I, I, good quality uh, so so again, okay, Alan Temple went from the five teams to Dungerry. Craig Kearns is now in covering the, the the five teams, and it's, it, it, it's it's absolutely excellent. And you don't, it doesn't. Like you can compare it to anything else, whether it's the whatever newspaper in Scotland, and I I I think you would struggle to to get better coverage of of, of any teams. Yep, totally.
2: Yeah, I totally agree with Sean. I think it's it's brilliant. Total value for money. It's almost that, like obviously with it being subscription based, so you can they do tend to still go, go down that um, like the analysis stuff is unmatched I think in print especially in Scotland um, and and I think their insight and just slightly different bits even like Alan's coverage over in, in uh, Amsterdam last week that sort of stuff you don't see that anywhere else that's just that is so modern and I think they're, they're probably one of the leading prints that are trying to move still with the time so I would concur.
0: There we bloody go that's, great That's more
2: stuff. like it's about like five minutes eating up out your time again.
0: <laughs> absolutely fantastic. Yeah. You're
2: yeah, like yeah. keep going, the courier.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's, it's absolutely good. and like even the way they do the the match reports. I was looking at it there, they do it in a different way, and they do the talking
1: points. Ran it being sort of like the old fashioned way. They've essentially just done away with match reports. It's yeah. like so they might have like three or four talking points or whatever, but they don't have in the well, eighth minute. This happened and so on and so forth. I totally.
0: Which I I still think that's miles better because most people that have read read the match of I know in this day and age you, you don't can just follow it nonstop. Matchup. Yeah. So you're you're looking for some insight from the person, the the writer that was there, and I imagine it's much easier and more fun for them to to write because they don't need you won't need to like do the every blow by blow writing where you probably miss half the half the yeah. game looking down writing it. Uh, like me at a football match when I'm checking my coupon non-stop rather than watching the game. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that's like a much better way because then they can actually sit and watch the game and then write it up. But I did manage to watch the highlights and uh, Dunfermline getting their third victory in a row under James McPake. And they are, for worries for this, obviously is the most fun league in the country. It's just the the makeup of it is is bonkers. And for them to get three wins straight away, I think think's a really big, a big deal for Jason Pig, especially if he seems to be quite worried uh, about the the size of his squad and 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 sort of a lot of the injuries that are that are taking place within them. Uh, so for them to get the the three wins, and now they've been able to add Fisher and and Hamilton came back and in this game uh, that they look in really really good nick. And when you compare that with like say Falkirk, I mean Sean. Would you say that Falkirk are now like? Would they be really worried now that they're just going to get because they won't want to go through the playoffs to try and get in, out of this league under John McGlynn.
1: Uh I, I remember in the in the preview show, I, I thought Dunfermline had a better squad than Falkirk, slightly, not not, not necessarily massively, but slightly. However, I thought that Falkirk had a better manager in McGlynn than Dunfermline did with uh, McPeak. However. What I kind of based that on was certainly during the league cup. I thought that McGlynn was getting better performances out of players who were already who'd already been at Falkirk. So so never mind the players that it brought in, the players that were still there that had underperformed, or maybe maybe they hadn't underperformed, but they they'd certainly poorly poorly performed in the last season or two. He seemed to be getting a wee bit more out of. However. Uh, Based on the first couple of league games, that maybe isn't necessarily the case, and I do wonder if if Volkirk, might not be a joke club this season. I, I, I might not, I might not be waiting up until twelve o'clock every Saturday to watch the highlights, but I, I, I do wonder if they're going to be able to to mount a challenge. And bearing in mind, bearing in mind, I, I think what could derail Dunfermline. Obviously, they started really well. Uh, this this Montrose game was not a good game they were better than Montrose that they deserve to win. Uh, uh, there wasn't a lot of good things to to kind of go on about. However, they, they, they warranted their victory. What might derail them is the fact that they have a small squad and they are reliant on a number of... like the, the, the bench features a lot of teenagers, talented teenagers, there's no doubt about it, but McPake is getting really frustrated at the fact that he doesn't seem to have very much money to spend. And I can understand why, like you look at Dunfermline's squad the last two seasons, three seasons. I mean, this is a Dunfermline team that most seasons people thought they had a chance of getting promoted for the Championship out of the out of the Championship. Sorry, uh, that hasn't happened. Like guys like Graham Dorens, for example, and what was that, a two or three year deal, barely been fit, barely kicked the ball. He's still at the club, so I I don't think that McPhee has a lot of money to play with. So it might be bear in mind the transfer window doesn't have that long to go. It might be that this is his squad. For the remainder of the season, at least until January, and if that's the case, if suspensions mount up, if injuries mount up, then yes, that is going to that is going to cost them. I, I do think the sign is that they've they've brought in so far. that There might not be a lot quantity wise, but I think quality wise, they've done pretty well. It, it's interesting that Raith Rovers fans didn't necessarily see Kelvin this is a leader, uh, as a leader, as as a captain. That there was. That was there was doubts about him Not in my mind I, I, I thought he was Perfectly Perfectly acceptable At, at championship level And I, I really liked him He seems so, to be stored it In these first three uh, games Doesn't exactly, he? Exactly The Felon fans are, are saying that he is the the, the the leader That they've lacked At that centre-half position For uh, for a number of years And up front Up front is Up front is An interesting position In terms of who they have So Kevin O'Hara uh, I think it's Lewis McCann Craig Whiten And uh Todorov that came off the bench and, and scored the winner for this one. It feels like that's more than enough in League One. Like that should be enough quality to fire a team to promotion, especially if their their main their main opponents, Falkirk, might be struggling. Queen of South have struggled. Uh Airdrie might be okay. Montrose I, I think might might push for the playoffs, but no more than that. You would think that those four forwards is more than enough for a League One team. But for one reason or another, none of them have really fired on for the last couple of seasons. But if McPake can can get a tune out of them and, and play them, and I know he's playing a kind of 4-3-3 and there seems to be a kind of mix-up of, of where he plays those, those 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 players. If he can get a tune out of them, I, I think they'll be absolutely fine. I, I do think they're going like to win the league. I, I now think they'll, they'll maybe win the league with, with a bit to spare. But I, I think... That will be dependent on them avoiding injuries and suspensions. Because it's
0: um, well, but well, well, with Fisher coming in uh, on loan, that happened just recently, and I know Jason Whitpeak was was very worried about stuff. Where does he fit in? Because if uh, if Benedictus is is looking like the star man, and Reese Breen beside him, I think Tom in, in, in the back have done really well, and and Comrie playing full back, and I, I noticed that when when they were playing, he would always tuck in. To make it a back three, and later on, uh, Dunfermline actually changed it to a back three when they when they brought on uh, McDonald and Todorov. So I mean, is Fisher just purely going to be backup? That just seems a bit unusual for a for a young player going on loan. That they would be, or do you think they'll maybe go to a back three permanently with him in it?
1: Uh, I I don't think they'll go to a back three, and I think from a from a loan perspective, I think this move makes more sense. For Dunfermline it does for the player because mm-hmm. I, 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 I I I it feels like he will very much be third choice and yes Benedictus will get suspended and Breen will pick up suspensions absolutely and Fisher will get his chance but I I'd like I don't see Fisher getting twenty games like for example which you kind of feel like if you're going to go in loan as a young player you want to be racking up minutes mm-hmm. and and games so it's from from Fisher's point of view. I hope he gets a chance, but I'm struggling to see how we will get enough chances for him to, to kind of grow and, and and get his opportunities and, and necessarily improve as a player. I, I, I thought it was, a good move for the in terms of bolstering the squad. Not necessarily a great move for Fisher, but, but time will tell. Um, and, and Hamilton coming back, I mean, Craig Cairns spoke about that he
0: thought he'd be the most important player in the team, but obviously they won the first two games and, and he seemed to struggle in the second half, but he has... He sort of came on in the second half much like the the Dunfermline team. And you're saying that so James Rick worried about his squad. Does it not seem a bit, um, my 50s are a bit big for my wallet, the fact he's complaining about his squad and he was able to make three changes, which never just, they weren't just three changes. I mean, all three changes won them the game. Uh, and Mockery seems like a player... Sort of tactically, that'd be great to have. I mean, he can play. His debut was really good. Um, he, he played exceptionally well. He's got sort of really, really high pass completion rate. But obviously, he plays forward. He's quite skillful. He can play right across uh, the midfield in the front. So, I mean, does it not see? Is he? Is he maybe? Or do? Or would you say he's getting the best out of that squad? Basically, even though it's Threadbare. Uh,
1: no, I would say that he now has. See, going in the league campaign. He probably had about fourteen players, I would say, in, in terms of our first team squad, and the rest was was, was kids. He now maybe has sixteen, maybe seventeen, uh, but that's that still feels like a small squad. Uh, so I can still see his his frustration, and I would imagine that he felt well, judging by his judging by mcpake's interviews, his, his post match interviews you can sense his frustration. So I, I think he thought that he would have more uh, scope to, to go and recruit this summer. And that, that hasn't worked out. I do think he's recruited well. Uh, and I, I think Mockery, for example, and, and Chris Hamilton will uh, be brilliant additions to, to the Dunferno midfield. But you can tell that he's desperately, he feels he's short of numbers. I, I think he probably is. However, I, I still think as it stands... On paper, Donfimel might still have enough to 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 be the best of the bunch. Just just the language you use he's, that was interesting. It's like crisis; they're on the brink
0: of crisis, and I, I thought that was quite interesting. Or do you think that's just a tactic to try and push them to maybe get them another one or another two, or maybe to go back into the loan market?
1: I I, I think he's doing that as a as a as a as a message or two. I mean, I suppose. I suppose when you listen to managers after a game, just, I suppose they're doing a couple of things. They are trying to compliment their players, or they're trying to shield their players. Or sometimes, if they feel that they have maybe had a bad performance, they try to protect themselves or, or protect the players. Or maybe if they think that difficult days are coming, they are trying to protect themselves or mm-hmm. uh, or, or protect. The I Scots. think self-preservation
0: uh, is a uh, is a high uh, point for
1: a, uh, a high thing for a lot of Scottish football managers. And I think I, I think that's what he's trying to do. However, I I don't know if he will have too many difficult days in, in League One. You you look at who they've who they've played so far, like that Edinburgh game. Like bear in mind, Edinburgh started pretty well against Kelty. Uh like they, they, they could have had seven or eight against Edinburgh. It was non-stop, it was like shooting in. Uh and then against Montrose, it was reasonably comfortable, I felt against Montrose, who are Let's face it, Montrose will be one of the better teams in in League One. It'll be interesting to see how they go on against teams like Air J and against Falkirk. However, as it stands, first three games, blemish free, nine points, no goals conceded. You can't say fairer than that. I, I think he's doing. I think he's doing very well. Yeah, just a slight bit It Doesn't it. sound like a crisis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's really because I was
0: reading these these bets. I was reading these match reports from and uh, sort of interviews for the past, and I was like, awfully. A bit negative uh, from from what I would think, but I get it. He, he's trying to get the squad together that he wants to make sure that they can, as you said, can deal with the the, the injuries and, and the suspensions and a tiny bit. Montrose, I think they looked all right. They had they had chances through McAllister and, and Waddle, and and they did try and sit in and frustrate and 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 it, and it near enough worked, but they're still waiting on a victory and, and shows. But do you think that they're gonna that they're gonna be a ok show? uh
1: I think so. I, I, I think so. I, I'm not 100%... That was certain. very I,
2: convincing. I yeah. know,
1: I know, I know. <laughs> I, do you know something? I've always worried about Montrose in terms of, even though they were doing very well at, at League One, I thought they, they needed a goalkeeper and they needed a forward. It feels like they've they've addressed that this season. So I, I think Ross Sinclair might be a good keeper. They've obviously brought in Rory McAllister as well, which feels like it's a good sign-in. Albeit, I know in terms of age, he's he's kind of at uh, the, the kind of swan song of, of of his career, I suppose. But there's there's a number of players in that team who are who are starting to to kind of get a wee bit older. I suppose like like Sean Dillon is still in 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 that back four, and I'm not saying he's past it, but there's a few players who are now the wrong side of thirty. And I, I feel, see if they brought in a good keeper and a good striker two seasons ago. That could have been the difference between them being a top four side and pushing for the title or being a a top four side and winning the playoffs. I I, I do wonder if they're maybe, I I, I don't know, I do wonder if if Petrie maybe needed to do a wee bit more surgery on the squad uh, over the summer. Uh, There wasn't a lot of players brought in, but I think they'll be fine. But I think the best they can do is, is fourth. Right, that's pretty comprehensive and as you can hear there everyone,
0: that is what you call the best in the business with the lower leagues and they made me look sort of relatively competent there uh, because I didn't have to speak and that's when I look my most competent. But I am going to talk more now because we are going to move on to the, I think it's number nine in the most memorable Scotland games of our lifetimes Well not our lifetimes Well maybe not Sean. Not, not,
1: even, not even my lifetime. Not even yeah. fans, I, well, exactly. I know, I know, I, got, I know I got a hard time For being old But even I wasn't alive uh, In this game
0: I, mean, I was about to ask you How the game was And what the atmosphere Was like hey, you, You've you the jokes very uh, the only, very You might as well Just story. get them out of the way You might as well Get them out of the way uh, Amy did, Have you even heard Of this match Did you know This yeah, even yeah, interesting I'm you. You I'm joking
2: Can I just My mum isn't even born
0: Wow I know, I know. Uh, the that 60s looked fun. The 60s looked fun, though. Uh, and this looked like a very, very fun game to attend. So it was April the 15th, 1967. And it was in the European Championships qualifying group eight at Wembley Stadium with nearly 100,000 people attending. But before we go into the lineup, before I bring you guys in, let's see what was number one. During uh, this period And I think it was Frank And Nancy Sinatra uh, I don't know are you, are you Are you a Sinatra fan Either of you? Was it uh, Was it These boots are made for walking? Nope It was not oh. Amy do you want to take a guess? Again.
2: Um, I don't think I will take a guess I, No I'm not a, I'm not the biggest Sinatra fan i am trying to, like, Sometimes
0: Someone I don't know you Nearly Nearly It was something stupid Which uh, oh. I don't Again, I don't know if uh, again, Amy. I, like, I get confused because obviously I'm old a bit. Do you remember the Robbie Williams and Nicole Kidman version of that song?
2: Uh, I know it. I don't think I was alive for it, but I do. Fucking I have hell. obviously no, heard I it. Th- I, th- I don't th- think, think I was. Been, that's maybe alive feel. then. I don't think I was. I thought that was the late nineties.
0: No, I think it was in the 90s, Surely.
2: Oh, okay. I thought I had that in my head. But I think that you might have been. You might have
0: literally been a baby. Okay. I remember. <laughs> I remember the song because I was. Because uh, I was. I used to. I used to go to my auntie's. Uh, and do her ironing on my half day at school and she'd have Chicago Town pizzas there for me and it was good and Fanta Lemon and then I would steal our John Player special fags. I remember doing that when I was about 14 or 15 and I'm pretty sure... Wait
1: a minute, wait a minute. who's... Wait a minute, you're, you're at your grand's at this point. Manny. It was 2001.
2: I was one.
1: I was one. <laughs> so wait a minute, you, you went to your auntie's and you were stealing her fags. because
0: yeah, <laughs> she, she would leave her fags and she'd be at working. Uh, and i just i just have i just have a cheeky wee john player a black packet john player special. i've stopped smoking now uh, but that was uh, during my my heyday of uh, can,
1: can i can i just say I, I, I found the whole uh robbie williams and uh sorry who was who else was in there? Nicole kidman, Nicole kidman. I, I found that whole that whole thing slightly creepy
0: mm-hmm this sort this um it wasn't, is, good, it wasn't a good video. No, no, it wasn't. Um but what, what, what it, talk me through what you thought was creepy, though. I mean, it was two adults, uh <laughs> probably of some, probably of similar age. I know,
1: uh, I know. Kind of like singing about loving each other. I, I know, but there was uh like a whole like some like it wasn't as if like Robbie Williams and Nicole Kidman were boyfriend and girlfriend, and I know they were acting. But, what was do you think everyone in these music videos goes like? No, oh, no, 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 I know. It was a very
2: movie like one.
1: I it just they've got I, Nicole Kidman in this, so they've got, to, they've got to push the boy out like that. Do, do, do you know what I felt like? I felt like Robbie Williams thought to himself, I'm going to pay Nicole Kidman a lot of money and I will <laughs> kiss her neck for a day. <laughs> it felt creepy. Oh, Okay, I mean it was, Well this was actually
0: Frank and Nancy Sinatra <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, But I think They had a wonderful time. I was trying to find the film But I couldn't get anything For the For the UK Number one film It'll be fucking Dirty Dozen Or something daft like that um, Films that I don't care about uh, They were made In black and white So they could shut up Dirty Dozen Matt. was good I'm, Yeah it was <laughs> <laughs> But that was the only film I could think of, of around the era. So <laughs> that was the uh, longest shot. But uh, as always, I digress. Let's talk about Scotland. So humping England at Wembley. I didn't realise before this that there was such bad blood and so many excuses made after the game. That that, that was completely new to me.
1: Uh, in terms of which one of the Charles was, was it? Uh, it was Jackie Charles. The Jackie Channel?
0: they were just the, the, the manager. Was when they were all greeting about the like how much injuries they had, and that there was only eight fit players. Jack Jarton hobbled at centre forward for much of the match with a broken toe. Ray Wilson was limping passenger after getting a kick on the ankle. And Jimmy Greaves was reduced to half space by a knock. So this is like a match report that, that I found. And you can feel the you can you can really read it. Um I'm trying to get the where that I knew the Scots were taking it very seriously. When Dennis came onto the pitch wearing shin pads, I'd never seen him wear them
1: before. Uh, that was but, but, what... but, but Jack Charlton did break his toe. Aye, but <laughs> suck it up. It's a toe. It's <laughs> a toe. <laughs> a toe. I, I know he has another messy
0: Unless mind. he toe-punts it, then it shouldn't be a problem.
1: <laughs> <laughs> what I thought was interesting was I... So I'd, so I'd never... The weird thing is, like, I'd never watched extended highlights of this game before. Like, everybody's seen Jim Baxter play Keepy uppies. And you might have seen the goals, but but that's about it. So i there's like about fifteen minutes worth of highlights on YouTube. Watch it the other day. It's like the best game ever. Okay. But this, this is the way like Jack Charlton hobbles off. But I'd I was always under the impression that it was, he had to play on because and I know technically he did because substitutes weren't a thing. But actually substitutes were a thing in club football at that point, but they weren't a thing in international football, which was very odd. And I think after this point, then they, then they then they changed it. Although that said, even though he was hobbled and had a broken toe, he still managed to score. And Ronnie Simpson still had to have, like, I think it was at least two saves uh, from his efforts uh, uh, during the game. He was moved from a defensive position to, to up front for the, for the remainder of the game. But it was, it's interesting looking at interviews where Scotland had been humiliated 9-3, whatever year it was, and Dennis Law was affronted at that result and the fact that England had won the World Cup. And I think there was players within the Scottish team and maybe within the coaching side who thought there was an opportunity to really, really, really humiliate England here and get 4-1 and 5-1 and 6-1, which, which there might have been. But to be fair, judgment highlights, it was fairly back and forth for the majority of the game. But then you had Jim Baxter who said, "Now nah, just take it to the corner and play keep your uppies. Mm. And I I, I I, don't know if that is, I don't know if everybody in the Scotland team is as much as that celebrated. I don't know if everybody in the Scottish side was that happy at, at the fact that Baxter started showboating when <laughs> we wanted to go for the jugular or, or certain players wanted to go for the jugular.
0: What would you what would what, what what's your thoughts on that, Amy? I'm still trying to get to know your your sort of thoughts on football in general. What where do you stand in, in showboating? Where what would you feel about that about that? If you're a uh, Cel- yeah. Celtic they're playing someone and and they start doing stuff like that.
2: As Sean rightly sees, are you wanting to go for the jugular or about a show button? You know, if it, if it was kind of like weighing up your two options, then I'd go for the jugular. I'm not the biggest show button person in the world unless you're Jimmy Johnson against Real Madrid in Alfredo de Stefano's testimonial, and that's something different. That's what a testimonial is there
0: for. <laughs> um keep your show button. To the bloody fake matches that they do with celebrities. At the, I, at the Get absolutely. Robbie Williams, not Megan Nicole. Kidman. There
2: you go. <laughs> <laughs> A bit of soccer that is best. Um, aye, so I, I would much rather go for the jugular. I, I'm like Sean. I only watched like the. I think we've probably ended up watching the same sort of highlights. Yeah. Or uh, just the other day. Um, and I, I've read the stuff, and it's. I don't really. Buy into the Jack Charlton kind of stuff, you know that all oh, the poor broken toe. Because I I know from a from a long standing Celtic kind of perspective as well. And Bob Lennox was battered by Jack Charlton in that game basically. And Lennox had a a, a, a serious ish injury certainly during that game. Um, and obviously European Cup for Celtic it was only six weeks later. Well, actually less than six weeks, four, four weeks, three weeks, something like that. I think that's April, and then obviously well no six weeks, yeah six weeks. Um, So, yeah, I obviously take it from that perspective and I'm just like, just kind of get a grip of yourself. Use our world champions if you want to be a world champion, so kind of act like one. Um, And I think that's kind of the perspective I would have taken at the time and uh, certainly one that I possess now. So, yeah, I'm not the biggest um, showboater in the world or just kind of go off because I just think it can always go so wrong. Um, Again, I think being like a Celtic fan as well, I think if Celtic done it and it went horribly, horribly wrong, like it would just, you'd never ever hear the end of it and rightly so. So I'm just like, please steer clear, like it's even this playing out for the back malarkey. I'm just like, oh my God, you're just not barstering. Kick it. Stop it. Exactly. Just stop it. I was at an amateur game last night, uh, Sandy's Vito Cross in, in uh, uh, Mill in Edinburgh and like they were trying to play it for the back. I'm like, what are you trying to do here? Well, these are amateurs for a reason. Uh, and I'm like, you please even try and improve. stop this. I'm like, please just stop this though. And
0: it's just, stop
2: oh. trying to be good. Stop trying to be good, exactly. Just stop trying to be good. I want everyone to stop trying to be good. That is basically aye, my. No, that,
0: that, I, I kind of agree when it gets to that. I think it happens in Scottish football in general. Whenever any manager comes in and they preach all the sort of the modern day stuff and they've got a, they've got a way of playing, they've got an ethos and all of that, it nearly always falls flat on its face. And it's something that I'm both proud and embarrassed by the fact that it's definitely what holds us back as a, as a nation, but it's also like makes the game unique. And it's funny because these sort of good players, when they come in as individuals, can't cope with the, with the whole setup. But obviously when we play teams in Europe and they've got a whole team uh, playing this sort of better football and they're more sort of tactically astute and they've got a better touch and they move the ball better and they've got a better shape and patterns of play, uh, then we, we get humped but when you take them individually into the league a lot of them struggle and uh I find that quite fun and it's and it's ours. And if that means we didn't win then fine. That's the, what I say myself.
1: <laughs> the, the thing is as well see this whole uh oh Jack Charlton broke his toe so he was he was kinda of nullified that he had to go up front even though he scored. Uh and, and therefore we could have won. 1963 so four years before you no know when you broke your break your toe. Do you think it's the best idea to be put into the place where everyone's going to kick the living shit out of you? No, but like, it's I, I, always I, up front you get set. I was like, people get hammered if they play up front. But in terms of, see see, then, like like how many defenders was there? Like two, three? I'm, I'm not entirely sure what the, what the formation was. We, is, so, we, we had three. They, they had four, by, according to
0: this. We played a three and then a full back and then three
1: midfielders and three forwards, whatever well, that means. Well, listen, whatever they've done, back I've not invented massively. any
0: pyramids. I don't know and, and
1: that's And that's great. But what I would say is, if, if England doesn't moaning about Charlton having a broken toe, 1963, when we went to Wembley, <laughs> Eric, Eric, Caldo, so paid. <laughs> Eric Caldo uh, got his leg broken after five minutes. So we had we had literally 10 men for 85 minutes and we still won 2-1. Now, we, we didn't regard that as an extra special win. So maybe England just need to uh, fucking chill out.
2: They've got a 36-year-old in goal. Ronnie Simpson was literally an old-age pensioner at that stage. He's debutant. he was, he, a, deb- he was a, debut, debutant. a debutant, a fellow debutant was Jim McEliog up top and he was only 20 and I was supposed to interview Jim Micheleog, uh a couple months ago and he was so lovely so I'd done all my prep for it, it was so sweet and he had to phone me that very morning because he runs a BnB down in like Ayrshire kind of way uh, and I'm based in, in Dalkeith, and that's where the studio of is as well and he got a flat tyre and they just couldn't make it. And we were supposed to reschedule and it's just never really came back to it. So if he's listening which I doubt he is. Um I'm still very much up for it. But um yeah, he was also a debutant at that time and he's like he's got a mental and he obviously scored the third goal. Um as well which obviously went on to be the eventual winner. Um but he's like got like a mad mental story like he was so loved down in, in Sheffield and I think he, I think he was at Manchester United at the time maybe not. Um in '67, but like he had heartbreak at Wembley, love at Wembley. Like he's just had like such a cool career. Um, so now I'm just trying to sell Jim McKeillo getting back onto my pod, which he's not on. But uh, I two debutants. So you've got an old age man in goal and a young guy up top. So basically, England grow up. I,
0: don't, I didn't. I really didn't expect this to get so petty about '1960s <laughs> uh, football, but it, it always does uh, with when it's
1: uh, Scotland v England. Uh, I I I also didn't realise that there was uh because I, I was reading about the game because <clears throat> again I'd I'd seen moments of the match but I never really watched it from beginning to end. Uh, it's, it's quite a difficult game to try and to try and seek out, I suppose. But uh, again, when I watched the the highlights, like they kind of ended at, at full time. which I suppose you expect? When I read the match report at the time, they talked about a a, a pitch invasion. I then managed to get like five minutes of is it path, path A news uh, and they had like alternative uh, carbon angles. And then they had the the pitch invasion. Again, we've already spoken about pitch invasions in this podcast. I hadn't realised that there was a massive pitch invasion at the end of this game. I know we had one in, was it 77 when we broke the crossbar and Rod Stewart was dick about or whatever. There was also a pitch invasion in, in this one as well. But the, there was there was a camera at one of the goals, and somebody had brought a like a, a, a set of like a set of stairs, like a set of like a what would Ladders. Describe? Yeah, yeah, a set of ladders. <laughs> like, are you like 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 had he brought them? Like, had he brought them from Scotland on the train? I'll just take these ladders just in case. <laughs> I, I I don't I, I don't know what was going on there, but it was re- what, regardless of what was going on it was all very satisfying. Right. Norm, normally, normally. Uh, do, you go, have, do you have, have sex-based stories?
0: Yeah, normally that's what I do. And, and, and England have had some of the best ones, especially yes, the modern day England yes, team. And, and, and more and more of them are coming out every single day. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but this one I found sort of difficult. That Normally, I mean, in the past, Sean, as you know, I've spent like, like, like hours. <laughs> to tro- trolling 20, the Tony, Tony don't,
1: Tony, don't try and reel me in to this.
0: <laughs> <laughs> to this. It's such a nice story. The podcast this is, this, is always is all all is on so you. nice. This is all on you. I'm a working class chav. <laughs> I like scandal. All right. Uh, and don't try and put me down with a, with because the tennis <laughs> podcast is considered middle class. I refuse. I like my scandal. I will click on, even though it does make my skin crawl I click on a daily mail link. But I will if I think it's going to be worth it in the end. But unfortunately for this, it's, it's a lot harder uh, because it's really just sad stories about nice old men dying of dementia every time I'd clicked on anything, which is 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 very unfortunate and it's obviously something that's it's huge in, in the game now that these men are doing that, and we're seeing like a huge Chris Sutton goes on about it um like really frequently and, and so he should. But I did manage to find some Jeff Hurst, uh I don't know about this. I'm not going to go into too much. I had no idea about. When well, he stick the facts, stick the facts. Fuck. Yeah, yeah. I don't, but I had no idea that um. So he was questioned about all the stuff uh, for the for the child sex abuse investigation uh, for the <laughs> uh, during his time at Chelsea. Eddie, it's obviously horrible. But I had no idea that he was even remotely involved. So I saw that and I and I was a bit shocked.
1: So uh, he so he sacked them. Yeah, but he said he sacked them because he was a bad scout. Okay, uh,
0: and and he sort of he's saying that he didn't that he's not been willing to do the investigation. He said he's happy to talk, but they said he's never been willing to talk about it. But we'll not go any further on that because it's not it's not even funny, is it? Uh,
1: it's not funny, but it's England's World Cup legend refusing to talk about a sex scandal. Yeah, so I thought it had to be in somewhere,
0: uh, and then we've got and the weird one I found because I really thought I'd struck gold with. Uh, with like Alan Ball. <laughs> well, we've got, more. I'll let you do Bobby Moore. <laughs> I'll let you do Bobby Moore in, the few, in a minute. But uh, the Alan Ball one, I was like, well, this looks a bit weird. Uh, it was like his girlfriend talk about how she fell in love with him and, and then I was reading about it and it was really weird. And it was his, his ex, his best friend's wife, and he died. And then his wife had died as well. And then they just got together. Uh, as a couple, uh, and she's obviously felt um, like that it was maybe a bit strange, but he kept us. He was saying that his wife would have wanted that, which I don't know. Sounds like something a guy would say. Uh, but uh, at the same, but when, I, when I was going, <laughs> but unfortunately, unfortunately, when I was going through it, it all became quite. Uh, it all became quite heartwarming. Uh, the, right, okay, all, that's good. They, and it was all like they 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 get together because they were going to help each other, and then it just grew because they were helping each other get over their grief, and then things grew, and then it all made it made quite a lot of sense, and it was it was nice that they they would come together. So it was disappointing. I, I thought I'd struck gold, uh, but then it just turns out it was just nice for these for these people to come together and, and look after each other after the grief.
2: night. Channel Five film, eh? That like gets put on on Thursdays. Yeah. it's
0: Absolutely horrendous. <laughs>
1: yeah. so, Tony, so, 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 Tony, Alan Ball's wife, though. <laughs> so, so Tony, <laughs> you, were disa- on... you, you were disappointed that, that basically Alan Ball had had found love.
0: Oh, no, it was more that I thought... After because, suffering grief. Uh, but I thought it was because he just ended up... At first I thought, right, so he's just... His wife's died and he's went straight for her best pal. That's what I thought. I was, that doesn't sound, doesn't sound great. But then as you read it and she was talking about it, they all sound lovely... Uh, and and everyone seemed really happy and they all grew old together. Uh because but um anyway, I mean I'll leave that up to the listener to decide whether what, what they think about that. I don't want to pass a But you were mentioning gold earlier, Sean. You want like, to
1: talk me through that. So, so it's Album. This has been a while since I've made up on this, but basically during the 1970 World Cup, uh English England England uh hero. Uh, Bobby Moore was accused of stealing a bracelet in an incident that was that was called the Bogota bracelet incident uh, because it involved a, a, a bracelet and it, it took place in Bogota. Uh, but essentially, the him and another player whose name escapes me went into a shop that was in the foyer of their hotel at the 1970 World Cup. They then left because apparently nothing interested them in, in inverted commas. However, <laughs> the, the the lady who was uh, running the shop at the time accused Bobby Moore of stealing a, a, a bracelet and said that she, he had slipped it into his uh, blazer pocket. He was, I think it was, it was kind of like house arrest. So he didn't have to go to jail. But I believe he was kind of holed up in his in his hotel for about four days. It was then I kind of, as far as I'm aware, it then kind of went to court. However, uh, the the person who worked in the jewelry shop was cross examined, and she'd said that he'd placed it into like the left hand pocket of his blazer, but it turned out that there wasn't. A left-hand pocket of his blazer. So I, I believe Absolute that her, Columbo
0: stuff there.
1: Ah, uh, so I believe that our story uh, fell to pieces. However, like a lot of things, uh, I I don't need proof when it comes to these things. If if I hear a story, and I want it to be true, then I regard it to be true. Mm. Therefore, Bobby Moore is a big fucking tea leaf. <laughs> <laughs>
0: And people gave Griffiths loads of stick for stealing that. Look at well, at least is he. he's not stealing the jewels.
1: Was there a big fucking expensive bracelet? Uh, yeah, I can. Bobby Moore is, honestly, Bobby Moore is just the worst, the lowest of the low, the worst of the worst.
0: <laughs> got a bit short Um Right,
1: so where
0: would you put this? I mean, we've got his number nine as the most memorable game. Where would you put this? I mean, it's hard just to seemed... say
2: memorable, eh? Like yeah, memorables been... that you mind it.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, so where, so where would we doing, let's not go back onto that? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh the, the but where would you say, in terms of like obviously, it's we got to claim for power for power uh, purposes really really high because obviously we get to say we're world champions and all that stuff. And it was, uh, like I don't know what the England manager saying, Alf Ramsey saying about us taking it seriously, it's a fucking competitive game. <laughs> We've got, sorry, sorry, we wanted to win. Um. But where does this lie in terms of like our our greatest results? I mean, it's beating the world champions on their home ground in a competitive game right after they've won uh, the the World Cup. So where does that actually lie in terms of our best results? Would you say?
2: Um, I don't know. It's hard to context. It is. It's hard context. It is. So. It has to be in the top ten. It has to be. So yeah, maybe eight, seven, eight. Maybe we've got. Wait, we've got a nine.
0: We've got but an hour one that's most memorable. So there's yeah. defeats. There's defeats in our
2: Exactly. So yeah. I'd I'd say it's probably in the right position. I'd say it's probably
0: a bit safe.
1: And what about you, Sean? Is this your uh,
0: yeah. favourite result ever? Do you, is this the game that got away that you weren't alive for?
1: No, and I, I wouldn't say it's my favourite because like I I wasn't after it. So like us beating. Like us beating France, for example, I was at, so I would probably prefer that because I have stand on the terrace and you can literally feel and moving as everybody's like jump up and doing it full time. For example, this, I mean, is is a a, 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 a brilliant one. The fact that's against the world champions, the fact that's on, they're tough. uh I, I mean, it, it should absolutely be 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 top ten. How much further it should be up there up the chain, I'm, I'm not entirely sure, but it's uh Listen, it's just a good laugh, isn't it?
0: Absolutely. And that's what football is all about. And I've had a wonderful laugh with you two this evening. And we are about to go over to patreon.com to talk about it's our sort of knee jerk reactions. Our mm-hmm. four, it's only been four weeks, but and what we're going to say. So I'm sure we'll have ones for the lower leagues, we'll have ones in the top flight. It's all completely random, it can be about anything. Uh, And I hope you're able to come over and join us. But Amy, can you say goodbye? Goodbye. And Sean, say bye-bye.
1: Bye-bye. Good night. Sports Social Podcast Network.